You're listening to the Inner Child Podcast. Do you have a bad relationship with your body when it comes to yo-yo dieting or exercise? I know that I struggled with this as well, and obviously body image issues has so much to do with inner child wounds and the messages that we receive when we're young. And who better to invite onto the show than an expert in this field? Today, I interview one of my good friends, Caroline Ofenstein, who is a certified personal trainer and integrative health coach who is passionate about helping people reach their optimal health and fitness all from the inside out. Caroline also struggled with her own journey of hopping from one extreme diet or fitness routine to the next until she integrated the spiritual aspects of connecting mind, body, soul, and manifestation. Inside this episode, you're going to learn so many tips and tools on how to create a healthier relationship with your body by healing the root of where this all comes from right after this intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. Please welcome Caroline Openstein to the Inner Child Podcast. Caroline, I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you. I am very excited to chat with you. And <laughs> where are you tuning in from so our listeners know? I am out in Colorado Springs, which is just south of Denver, out in Colorado. Okay, right on. Yeah. Well, I was saying to Caroline before, but we're having Thanksgiving here in Canada. So I get to enjoy Thanksgiving with you, Caroline. I feel very honored. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky treat for me. Yes. So I obviously know who you are, but for those listening, Caroline, who are you and who do you help? Yeah. So I am an online holistic health coach. So I work with women on nutrition, fitness, mindset, kind of everything that falls under the umbrella of health and wellness. So my background is in personal training and studying nutrition primarily. I've been coaching now for almost seven years. And as I worked with more people, as I learned more, I really found this missing piece of the mindset, thinking about the mind-body-soul connection. So I think that's really what sets my coaching style apart from other nutrition coaches in the space today is that I really bring in that bonus element that is really like a key piece that so many people miss, which is your beliefs, your mindset about fitness and nutrition, and taking care of your body from the inside out, not just the external. I am so excited to just jump into this. It was so easy for me to think of questions, Caroline. One of the things that really stood out to me about, you know, your podcast and your work is that you have somehow managed to combine the principles of manifestation with a very traditional field, right, which is nutrition and fitness. And that's something I kind of do as well. And I just want to ask you, how did you stumble upon manifestation and how did it become part of your work? Yeah, it is kind of funny, (laughs) which I think we'll talk a little bit more about diets and the extremes that a lot of people unfortunately go through. But I found manifestation 
during a very extreme part of my nutrition history. So I spent most of 2019 and 2020, like hardcore competing in bodybuilding. So probably the most extreme type of dieting you can put on yourself. <laughs> I imagine. And honestly, I was struggling with heading into my first competition, but I'm an avid insight timer meditation app user. And I had found a course called, I think it was the energetics of manifestation by David Gandelman, who is my favorite teacher. I've had him on my podcast. He's a great guy. If you haven't listened to him before, and I listened to his course, and I think it was a 30 day course all about, you know, just like how to start manifesting, how to be aware of your energy and how to bring a goal or a desire to fruition. And I used it directly related to the bodybuilding goals that I had at that time and the results that I wanted, you know, doing well at the show and being okay because it was really hard on me and my body and everything else. And the results that I saw from that changed everything for me. That's really when I started taking this seriously. I feel like now, you know, end of 2021, it's a very hot topic. But even just two, three years ago, when I was getting into it, like it was still a pretty woo woo thing. Like people were like, what are you doing? That's not real. And (laughs) because of the results that I saw in my own fitness and nutrition, and that carried over into all areas of my life, really just charged me up. And I was like, this needs to be related to everyone's nutrition and fitness because there is so much more than just eat this and train like this that goes on in our lifestyles, in our health, and in our wellness. That's such a beautiful story, Caroline. I can so totally relate. We do talk about manifestation in later parts of my programs. Isn't that so weird how a few years ago it wasn't really like this talked about thing? And now it's like literally every other Instagram person (laughs) is talking about manifestation. And a lot of people still don't really understand what it's about. I think they think of that movie, The Secret. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, which we know isn't really the full picture, but it is. But what's your definition and your experience? What is manifestation? I guess on a super simple level, I think manifestation is bringing your desires into your current timeline or your current reality. I think the pieces of it that a lot of people miss are the really deeply auditing your beliefs, your blind spots, you know, the areas that might be holding you back. I think a lot of people tend to be like, oh, manifestation. So I just think about getting first class tickets to Europe and they will arrive. <laughs> right. Right. But oftentimes <laughs> it's so much more about looking deeper and starting to peel back the layers, at least for me and a lot of my clients that I work with. It's about first finding, you know, what might be blocking you. What has caused you to feel like you're stuck in this place of, I'm just never quite where I want to be. I just don't quite have it yet. And how can we work on some of that deeper healing to bring your vibe up, right? To bring your energy up so that you're matching closer to the vibe of what you're trying to attract or bring into your life so that it becomes this safe and familiar space, right? Especially with diet and exercise, there's a lot of talk of self-sabotage, right? Of yo-yo dieting. And oftentimes that comes, well, it causes people to get really frustrated and like, why can't I just have this, right? Why aren't I creating this in my reality? And it goes back to that not feeling safe, not feeling like this is a familiar thing that you can bring into your life. And that takes a lot of deeper work before you're just like snapping your fingers and (laughs) seeing all these epic things arrive. That's such a good point. You know, speaking of diets and yo-yo dieting, 
What's your take on our current diet culture? Diet culture, I definitely think does more harm than good, right? When I think of diet culture, I think of all the companies that are making literally, I think it's something crazy, like in the high billions of dollars, I believe that the diet and wellness industry rakes in. So that's kind of what I think that means, right? Are all these companies that are profiting off of telling you that you're not quite good enough. (laughs) After you do this, then you'll be more valued. And that definitely does more harm than good. In my own history, I worked through a lot of disordered eating and From the outside, you would have never known, right? I was very blessed with what most people would consider like a very beautiful, easy childhood. I played rugby growing up in high school and that sport is very body positive as in like, it was never a sport that you would want to diet (laughs) for. Our coach was very much about eating more, getting stronger because it's a full contact sport. And because of those deeper penetrations of the conditioning that we receive, from comparison, from magazines, from TV, from Disney movies, I still had these deep areas of lack of self-worth, right? That caused me to go down this really harmful pathway, even though all of these areas that most people would observe, it's like, oh, she's doing great. You know, everything's fine. But that wasn't my internal reality. And that just goes to show like how deep that conditioning from society, from diet culture can go into young girls. And I think even another way to think of it, I mean, you and I are both women. I feel like the comments on our bodies start pretty much the day that you're born, maybe even before that at your baby shower when you're a fetus, (laughs) right? Whereas most men probably don't have similar experiences. And obviously I'm not speaking for all women, but that's definitely what I have noticed. And a lot of the women that I work with They can remember times in their childhood that their bodies were commented on, even if it was a positive way, that almost leads them to always chasing that positive external approval. And if it's negative, obviously that works in the opposite direction. And so it really goes very, very deep. And even women that I've worked with, a common story I hear is their moms doing a lot of dieting when they were younger. And then as they got older, their mom's kind of like, hey, do this diet with me. Let's do it together, which sounds kind of like camaraderie and bonding if you first think of it. But that can cause a lot of issues down the line for people then who are trying to live up to their mother's expectations, who are trying to figure out their nutrition. But well, my mom did it this way. So that's the way I should keep doing it. And that really just perpetuates that yo-yo diet cycle further and can take some unwinding and some unlearning and relearning. (laughs) Oh, Caroline, those were such hard-hitting examples. And it just really shows how normalized we have made all of this body shaming, right? And self-shaming. As you were saying that, just it was jogging my memory. I also remember, I think it was some Reddit thread that got really popular a couple years ago. And it was somebody asking women, you know, how old were you when you first became sexualized, right? Or people commenting on the sexuality of your body. I think they were expecting women to say, you know, 21, 22, but all the answers were like, oh, I was 10, right? Or I was 11 years old when I heard cat calling or people commenting on the shape of my body. And it's so true and it's so pervasive. It's pretty scary as well. Yeah, right. 
obviously that messes with your mindset, right? And how you view your body, how you view your food, even your relationship with food and what you're eating, your relationship with exercise and what you think about your movement of your body. I had a client recently, actually, we're still working together. We've been working together almost a year now. And she was kind of in that mother-daughter diet cycle before she reached out. So she used to do like keto crash diets before a trip. So basically like, hey, this family vacation's coming up. And mom would say, she has a sister too. So it would be like the three girls, let's do keto before this trip. There can be a right application for keto. I'm not anti going into ketosis and having a high fat diet. There's a right time and a place for it. But what they would usually do is just cut out their carbohydrates and just like Mm -hmm. not eat carbs (laughs) for however many days. And the reason she reached out to me was because at the end of last year, She did that with her mom and her sister for a vacation again, that crash diet approach, and nothing happened. She didn't lose weight. She felt terrible. She was frustrated, obviously, because then you're not eating very much and you're not even seeing the result that you want. That's a crappy place to be in. And that's when she reached out to me. And what we started with was what is typically called a reverse diet, where you're actually adding calories in to get your body back to that place of maintenance, when you're kind of at like a homeostasis, when the fuel that you're taking in matches the calories that you're burning, the energy that you're burning. For most active women, that's going to be like 1800 to 2200 calories, which is a lot more than the diet apps tell us to eat. (laughs) And she was one of those people that her body had been under such stress from these crash diets, that as we actually decreased stress, increased calories, started training a little bit more balanced versus trying to do too much, she actually did end up seeing fat loss and she felt better and she felt more energized because she was actually eating more and eating a balanced diet, right? So then you have all this energy to give to your career, to give to your family, to give to your social life. It carries over into all areas of your life. But I think when we're constantly under fueling and trying to live up to some of those comments that are buried really deep in our subconscious, it's easy to get bogged down on that. Like, I need the next thing. I need the magic pill. I need the crash diet. Instead of really thinking about what's going to make my body feel safe. What if I took a break from this restriction, from this need for control and took some time to really just check in on what foods sound good to me today? What foods sound pleasurable and nourishing to my body? And that's what a lot of diet culture misses because it's not sexy to sell taking a break and checking in with your body. (laughs) It's not sexy to sell that. Hey, let's reconnect with your hunger and fullness signals and give yourself a break from the stress of dieting. Because let's not forget, if you are restricting food, that is a symbol of stress for your body. So taking some time to just really pump the brakes there and bring some balance back to your health. Like, If we were able to kind of integrate that into diet culture, those break periods, those maintenance periods, I think we would solve a lot of problems. But like I said, it's not as sexy to sell. (laughs) Caroline, I'm having goosebumps listening to you because your message, it's so aligned with what we do here because it's all about the inner child work. And a lot of folks listening to the show have gone through exactly what you've described, Caroline, growing up with these messages of basically fighting themselves, right? And fighting their own bodies and demonizing their own bodies and just becoming so emotionally and spiritually disconnected from themselves. 
what you're sharing here is actually like coming back to your body and having that relationship with yourself, right? And it's just so inspiring, this idea of nourishing your body and giving it love. And, you know, I know this is going to resonate with so many folks listening, but for those who have experienced trauma or self-worth issues, how should they approach fitness or healthy eating or nutrition? What would be the best way to look at it? Great question. And again, I'm kind of sad to say this, but I think this is most women, right? Most of us have some self-worth issues or blind spots, even that we don't notice that it can be so beneficial to work on them. And I'd say if you're interested in digging into your wellness routine a little bit more, a great strategy to follow is one without any extremes. So again, what's usually sold to us is those crazy 30-day challenges where you're cutting out all fun foods, (laughs) (laughs) like no chocolate, you know, or going from like zero to 100 with an exercise program too. And thinking that you have to work out five days a week because that's what this Instagram person who looks great does. But the reality is that if you can find a gray area or kind of like a middle ground, that's where you're going to be happy. Things are going to feel really sustainable and you're going to feel better and better and better as you stick with it. So with all my clients, really what I like to do is think about their goals. And then if they pick like one action to get a step closer to their goal. So let's pick workouts. Like someone's like, I really want to exercise a little bit more. I want to see a little bit more muscle. I want to feel stronger. If your first thought is I should strength train five days a week, but you're only like 75% confident you could follow through with that, I would say dial it back a little bit and get to a place where you are 100% confident you can follow through with that. Maybe that's three workouts to start with. Maybe it's starting with a YouTube program at home or something a little bit simpler. Maybe it's starting with like a daily step goal. Anything that's kind of dialing it back a little bit until you're like, I'm totally going to follow through with that. I got this in the bag because then that's going to build that self-efficacy, that proof to ourselves. Oh, I actually can keep doing this. I can invest a little bit more time in how my body feels each day, how I fuel my body each day. But if we start with zero to 100 and black and white rules, when you have that all or nothing mentality, the only options are failure or success, right? You either follow the rules and you do what you said you were going to do, or you have one slip up and, oh my gosh, I'm throwing in the towel because I totally failed. And neither of those situations are great because we can't succeed 24-7. Nobody can. So we're going to have those times where it's like, oh, crap, (laughs) what do I do now? But if instead you can tone it down a little bit and figure out what that gray area is for you, you know, it's probably not tracking your macros seven days a week and trying to work out five days a week, too. It's probably somewhere in between, you know, what you're doing now and that. And if you can just start to experiment with that, And notice what makes you feel good, what gives you more energy, what helps you sleep better, what helps you feel like you never have brain fog and you're like really clear and you're in touch with people around you and you're in touch with your higher self, maybe go that direction. That is great feedback. That is all the feedback you need. You don't need rules from the whatever New Year's challenge coming (laughs) up or whatever that is. Your body is going to give you the best feedback that you could ever receive 
for telling you how to keep moving forward and keep making those small changes. But I guess the big caveat with this is you have to take that time to tune in. A lot of us are go, go, go. A lot of us like that extreme. We like that achieving. That's definitely where my background is, especially my inner child healing that I work on. But if we take that time to start slowing down a little bit more, to do a lot of the practices that you speak about, to do the manifestation work, to do the mindfulness, bringing that connection back to your body will really rebuild that trust and your confidence with your wellness routine. And folks, that's a very important point that Caroline just made, (laughs) right? Because I imagine that the motivation of where it's coming from is really important. You know, I've had friends who have wanted to go on these diets or workouts with the motivation coming from hating themselves. And that just feels so different to me than what you just said. Yes. I heard someone a while ago, I wish I knew who it was. Maybe it's been said very often, but it's a quote that goes, you can never hate your way to healthy. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to sum up what you just said. And that's another kind of myth that I like busting (laughs) in the fitness space is that you need more willpower or motivation, that you just wish you were more disciplined, that if you just had a little bit more control, or if you had motivation, like that X, Y, and Z fitness model, that you would be where you want to be. And I actually have a free workshop that I called more than willpower. And it is educating on exactly this topic of it's not usually that you need more willpower or motivation. It's usually those beliefs that are deeper than that on how you're viewing your fitness routine, how you're viewing what you eat each day. Because if that's coming from a place of, I should restrict because I really overdid it yesterday, or I have to walk 10,000 steps today because I was lazy yesterday that is going to get you stuck in this always feeling like you're just not quite there. You're just not quite good enough. And that keeps you in that always buying, always paying diet culture system. So if you can really work on your relationship with food, your relationship with your body, those deeper stories, like we talked about from your inner child that you heard while growing up, that you saw role models passed down to you, that Do you really want those still dictating all your decisions about your health and wellness? Or can you start to reprogram and start to choose a different way to look at how you eat, how you move? Because honestly, (laughs) we're going to do these things until we die. (laughs) You know, we're going to eat until we die. We're hopefully going to be very active and mobile until we die. So it's such an investment. It's such an important investment in your, in your future self to really take the time to think about these things and to create a wellness routine that's going to support you for the rest of your life, literally. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You're stuck with you. Yeah. And that's it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) One body. (laughs) It's so funny that it's sort of like our relationship with death, right? Like we know it's true, but we forget sometimes. And I think that's such a helpful reminder. Speaking on the topic of inner child stuff, I know you told us a bit of your childhood with rugby, but what kind of a kid were you growing up? (sighs) I have an older brother, so it was just me and him. So I was the youngest. So a lot of my childhood was trying to do everything he did. (laughs) Okay, of course. (laughs) He just found so wonderful, right? We did not get along very well until we were both away at college. (laughs) But... Mm -hmm. I was definitely the kid who had to try everything. I had to experiment. I had to try this sport and then that sport and that activity. 
I've definitely done a lot of inner healing work over the last several years. I'm always a work in progress. But as I reflect back, I kind of wonder if some of that was attention seeking to always be trying to do something new and exciting because my parents both worked full time. They're very high achieving people. And that was kind of the other part of my childhood was very much. I tell people I'm a recovering overachiever (laughs) (laughs) and probably a recovering perfectionist too. Uh, Me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same club. (laughs) (laughs) Because yeah, I think that's a lot of the ways that I was shown love was for doing more, for getting the best grades, for doing well in that different sport, for joining the extra activity. Like, oh my God, I don't know how kids today do it when I think back on myself and all of the activities I put on my plate or the potential for external validation put on my plate, you know, the desire for that. But I would love actually to hear your opinion on that because how I kind of view it is that drive and ambition that I developed early on obviously helped get me to where I am. Like, I don't think I'd be an entrepreneur with my own coaching business without some of what I picked up. But at the same time, one of my main focuses for the last year has been how do I let go of some of that desire for external validation and give myself (laughs) more acknowledgement and validation. Yeah. And Caroline, you just described my entire audience (laughs) and myself as well. You're so spot on. Like with the high achieving thing is we become this way because, you know, just like you said, that's how you were shown love, right? That's when you were recognized and acknowledged by your parents. But also it's that I think in our society, we also reward people who are high achievers as well, right? Like we really like to glorify, you know, the busy workaholic. And so that doesn't help. (laughs) It can make our default being that hamster wheel of achieving. So I guess where I help people is more in their relationships when they're starting to bring in the high achieving into the relationships, right? And then not being intentional and in the moment. But that's a really good point. You know, a lot of the things that you talked about as well of being in tune with your body, right? And the work that you've been doing and helping other people with this as well. I think that's the antidote, right? It's getting back in touch here, like instead of just up here. Yeah. And one thing that has really helped me as I've been working on this is redefining my definition of success. Mm, So true. And what I want to create, right? Because I didn't share this, but I did go to a University of Wisconsin-Madison. So I went to college. I completed my undergrad. And then the big thing was, you better get that good job after college. Because why else did you go to college if not to get that corporate salary job? So I did that. And with a lot of stress, oh my goodness, senior year is like pure stress in my head. (laughs) Yeah. And I only made it 10 months in the corporate world. Because I was just like, this is what I was, quote unquote, supposed to do. Like, this is what I was always told I needed to achieve and get to. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like being in an office all day. And, (laughs) you know, it, it was not my passion, right? I studied business because, again, I thought I was supposed to. I thought that sounded, you know, like a good idea. Like I would be rewarded for it. And don't get me wrong, it was nice to have a stable salary and health insurance, which I haven't had since then. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's trade-offs with that. So soon after that is when I moved out to Colorado and I started really pursuing fitness and nutrition and came with different risks, but a lot of opportunity for me to redefine what does success mean to me? 
what do I actually want to create? How can I serve others in this lifetime versus the very like, well, I better just make more than that person next to me because that's success, right? Which is what my, I think, childhood definition probably was (laughs) is get the awards, get the better salary. And so what is your version of success now? So I made mine pretty specific. (laughs) So if people are curious, how I define success for myself is being able to have organic vegetables and meat in high quality protein sources in my fridge and being able to... (laughs) That's really important to me. (laughs) I just ordered an eighth cow from a certified regenerative farm. So it's like pretty expensive. But to me, that's like, that is success. If I can buy super high quality, environmentally friendly grass fed meats from small farms like that to me, I'm like living my best life. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Honestly, that's a huge part of it for me. That's like the first thing I wrote down, I think when I was doing this work. And another thing that defines success for me is having full control of my schedule. You know, that's really important to me. And again, that comes with trade-offs and stress (laughs) of being an entrepreneur and running your own business, which I'm sure you know. But feel girl. (laughs) Yeah. But if I can take off a half day on a Friday because I want to go camping in the mountains, I can do that. And to me, that again is like, that's me living my best life. So honestly, my list is a lot of little things like that. I don't think I wrote down anything about money, which blew my mind when I first wrote that, which kind of money trauma is something I'm working on reprogramming as well. But still in the back of my head, I think like, oh, money, success, money, success. So this work on deeper beliefs that you do that I do within diet and fitness, we all really, I think, have to do it in a lot of areas of our life. We don't have to, we can choose to do it and choose to, I think, live a little bit more fulfilled life. Wow, that is so beautiful. Caroline, I love how you've reframed your version of success into these values. And then defining that for yourself, right? And not allowing society or conditioning to dictate that for you. I think that is so, so powerful. I love that. Yay! <laughs> That's so great. A bit of a fun question for you uh, on the topic of inner child is what was like your favorite kids show or movie growing up or like book series? Oh my gosh. Well, I was pretty young. I think I was like a preteen when the Harry Potters were coming up. Yes. So that is the first thing that came to mind. When you said TV and stuff, I was like, I don't know. But there are some childhood books that definitely stood out. Harry Potter, obviously. Do you remember the magic? Was it called the Magic Treehouse? With I think it was like Jack and Annie and they would go on adventures like Dinosaur After Dark. Oh, like litter or um, alliterations, you know? I don't know. I think Dinosaurs After Dark actually was one. (laughs) Yeah. I am definitely a voracious reader. So, but Harry Potter probably, you know, is there anyone who doesn't like Harry Potter? I, You're right. I don't think there is. <laughs> That's so yeah, I grew up on Harry Potter too. Yes. I think they're having some issues now with controversy about stuff. But back then, you know, Harry Potter was all the rage. Oh. I think I was like 10 or 12. I would be one of the kids like lined up in front of Chapters Indigo, like right before the book sale hit wearing like my witch costume. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. It was great. And then you got to like do it all over again when the movies came out later. Exactly. It was was the best. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's awesome. One more quick question. 
Caroline, what would you tell your inner child back then if she was struggling? This is such a good question. I think I would tell her that there's no need to rush because a lot of the achieving, like we talked about, I think naturally what goes with that is the trying to do more, the trying to put more hours into a day, the trying to quote unquote prove that you're working harder (laughs) than someone else, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, ugh, it's kind of like toxic in my mouth to say it that way. But I think that is a lot of what I believed. So as an adult, as I've kind of hung on to some of that, you know, as I still try to do this work myself is reminding myself that I have all the time that I need. And even just coming back to a simple mantra or affirmation like that has been really helpful for me. Part of me feels like with the achieving and the kind of perfectionist attitude, I rushed through a lot of my childhood. You know, because you're like trying to grow up so fast, trying to prove to mom and dad that you're amazing all the time. And (laughs) just like I mentioned with my senior year of college, I feel like I rushed through that because I was trying to get the quote unquote good job that I thought was expected of me. So now that I'm almost 30, I think I'll be 30 like right when this episode is coming out, which is exciting. (laughs) Happy birthday. Thanks. (laughs) And so... Now that I'm, you know, entering this new decade of my life, I'm like, who knows how many years we have? Nothing is guaranteed. And I want to be really present in them. I want to be present with my loved ones. I want to be present with my clients and give them all of my love and attention. I want to give my best effort each day. And that doesn't mean rushing and trying to get more done. That's not the same thing as being productive. I want to aim for enjoyment over productivity. So I think coming back to the not rushing, if I could tell my inner child that, that's where I would start. (laughs) And on that note, what a beautiful way to end this episode, Caroline. I can so personally relate to that too, right? Of always wanting to get to that next thing and then forgetting that we're still living here in the now. Oh, that was so beautifully said. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Caroline, every answer you gave, I have 10 more questions, but... (laughs) We'll plan for a part two next time. But in the meantime, where can folks find you if they want to get in touch or check out your work? Yeah. Thank you again for having me. This was really fun. And I am definitely up for a part two. And I'm excited to have you on my (laughs) podcast soon. And so (laughs) that's one great place people can find me is the podcast. It is called Macros, Muscle and Manifestation. What a title. I I was like real proud of myself when I came up with that finally. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's all about combining the science and the spirituality of health, you know, taking care of your external body, but also taking care of that mind, body, soul connection that we talked a little bit about today. So definitely the podcast is a great place to learn more. And then I'm probably most active on Instagram. (laughs) My Instagram is Caroline Ofenstein, just my full name. And you can learn more about the coaching I offer there, any programs available. And like I said, that free more than willpower workshop on all about beliefs about your food, your body, your fitness, that is a great resource for you to check out too. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, Caroline. We're going to put links to all of those in the show notes below. This was awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Me too. It's been my pleasure. I know that a lot of folks listening are going to completely relate and have a lot of takeaways. So if you had any big breakthroughs from this episode, please take a screenshot and tag myself and Caroline on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you guys. Bye. 
If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot, so thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at ByGloriaZang or visit ByGloriaZang.com. If you're a high achiever or an entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words high achiever and I'll get in touch. Thanks, bestie. See you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in, Bestie. I've got something for you. If you think this show deserves a five-star review, we'll send you my free Inner Child Starter Kit as a thank you for your support, which contains exclusive wallpapers and resources for you to download. To get your kit, just upload a screenshot of your review on Apple or Spotify to my webpage, bygloriazang.com slash reviews. The link is also in the show notes. There, you can also check out my healing sessions and programs at bygloriazang.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and I will meet you in the next episode. Mwah.